every time I go to spend time with the Lord, he keeps talking to me and leading me to all these stories in the Old Testament about how his promises prevail, about how he always fulfills his word, that we can trust him when he gives us a word or he gives us the word. Amen. And so I just want to do a study with you, showing you this so that when you read the word, you look at it as a promise and you know that he is fulfilling it in your life. You take it and, and believe it, and that settles it. It's going to be done. Amen? Hallelujah. So we're going to start off with 2 Corinthians 1.20. It says, For as many as the promises of God are in Christ, they are all answered yes. So through him we say amen to the glory of God. So amen means that it, so be it, that settles it. Amen? And so... Um, God's saying here, all my promises, anything you claim that's in my word, my answer to you is yes. That settles it. All for the glory of God. Hallelujah. So that's no matter how big or how small the promise is, God is faithful. And how many of you know he can fulfill it? Amen. He can and he will fulfill it in our lives. Amen. God is able and he will fulfill it in our lives. He's not just able, he will. And he is, you know, he's not just um, putting out a word out there that he's going to like forget about 20 years down the road. You still, ha you still don't have it in your hands and, and, oh, I guess God forgot about it. No, he didn't. And we're going to look at the word of God and how a lot of times he gives words and, I mean, we're talking 10, 25, 400 years later, God fulfills those words. So he is always faithful to watch over his word and perform it when he releases a word. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So his answer is yes to fulfilling his promise in your life. Asif, I'm preaching right now. I can't text you back. <laughs> He's watching and he's texting. Okay. Um, so our job, when God speaks the word of God, or when um, the word of God comes to us by the spirit of God, whether it's like, you know, we had this prayer line and God spoke some specific things to people. Um, God releases his word and then he, it's not our, my job, but it's his job to watch over it and perform it, but it's our job to receive that word, to believe that word, and to put into action anything we need to set our hand to, to be co-workers together with that word. Amen? If God speaks something specific to you that, whether it's in the word and he says um, to do something specific in order to receive this promise, then you're going to want to do that thing and believe that when you do that thing, He'll watch over his word. He will fulfill his promise. He'll fulfill his end of the bargain. <laughs> Amen. A lot of times, um, people receive a word and they wonder, where is it? You know, time goes by. And, and, and in the prophetic voice conference, we kind of covered this. But our job is to, to be active in our faith. To, to, not, to believe it, yes, number one, and receive it into our hearts as a seed. But if it's going to grow, if it's going to flourish, if it's going to be made manifest in our lives, our job is to partner with God. 
and, and, and hold fast to our confession of faith. What is a confession of faith? It's releasing it from your mouth. It's speaking it. It's declaring it. And it's saying, I have what God says I have, even before you see it. And I'm going to show you that they did this in the word. Hallelujah. So in, in order for us to see the promises of God, we need to partner with God and, and believe it and receive it and act upon it or apply it. Hebrews 10.23 says, Let us hold tightly without wavering to the hope we affirm, for God can be trusted to keep his promise. So I'm sure that just like you, um, hearing this and, and studying this specific topic, you're thinking of all these things that God has spoken to you about over the years. Well, he intends to keep it, by the way. And he is more than able to fulfill those things he has released into your heart, into your life, by his word and by his spirit. But our job is to believe it and not waver in it. Our job is to hold fast to our confession without wavering, without, yes, I believe it this day, and no, I don't believe it this day. Why? Why do people do that? Because of circumstances and situations and emotions and maybe physical feelings that, that come our way that say contrary to the knowledge of God. God says, cast down the thoughts and the things that are contrary to the knowledge that he has placed in your heart. When he, when, what's the knowledge of God? It's his word, and it's his spoken word. It's his written word and his spoken word. The knowledge of God is imparted to you through a prophetic word. The knowledge of God is imparted to you through the written word. When God speaks his word, and something contrary to it comes to your mind or comes to your body or comes to your emotions, don't be so quick to teeter-totter. Believing one day and not believing the other day just because of emotions or feelings. Because faith is not feeling that has nothing to do with it at all. We shared um, two years ago now, or it was a year ago, whatever. Anyways, in the face of circumstance, in the face of feelings, in the face of the natural, all things looked like Clayton and I would not be going on our 20-year wedding anniversary trip. Because the circumstances were, if you have symptoms and you don't have a negative test and yada, 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 you can't go anywhere. But God said, he gave us a word. Not just, it wasn't just us believing for something. Like, he actually gave us, we pray in agreement according to the word. He says, any two of you asking anything, it will be done. So that's his written word. But then he gave us a spoken word through a tongues and interpretation. So now we had his word. What is that? What is his word? It's his promise. We had his promise, two promises, in fact. Amen? And so we went on God's promise. Even though it looked like it was going to be impossible that we were going to get rejected and, and whatever, we ended up taking a picture of our, our negative tests, even though we had gotten positive tests of having COVID before, right before we went, like the hour before. But we ended up testing at an airport in Dallas, which we didn't know existed. We actually went to Dallas in faith that we were going to be able to get onto the next plane. I mean, that's extreme. That's kind of almost naturally ridiculous. We're like, if we get stuck in Dallas, we're going to have a trip in Dallas. But no, we kind of said that, but the Lord corrected us on that. Don't make plans in Dallas. That's doubt. 
So we didn't even reserve anything in Dallas. We didn't do anything. But we got there and we we're like, okay, how do we get to Hawaii? <laughs> how do we get to our destination that God said we could have? And God made a way. You know, you might not always be able to figure out how, where, when his promise is going to be fulfilled. Your job is just to take him at his word and run with it. Your job is just to take him at his word as a goal and run towards the goal. Put action to your faith and believe that no matter what the circumstances say, his word will be fulfilled in your life. That which he has sent, it will prosper. His promise, he said, is yes. His answer to you in the word he has released to you is yes. You don't have to wonder once he's released a word to you, written or spoken or preached, and you receive it into your heart, that's mine. I take that. That's mine. You don't have to wonder if God's going to fulfill it. What you need to do is ask the Lord, Lord, how do I activate my faith in that? How do I correspond with that? How do I become a co-worker with that word that I'm receiving into my heart? And he may show you, you know, with us it was go to, to the airport and have absolutely no knowing that you're actually going to be, you know, just know that you're going to get there, but you don't need to know how. We went with the word of God <laughs> and he was faithful. There's so many things and I'm sure if I ask every single one of you, there's things that you're believing God for that he has promised you. If it's train up your children in the way they should go and when they grow old, they will not depart. And yet it looks like your children are going the wrong way. If you did what the word of God says to do, you can claim that promise and know that God is going to watch over his word and he will perform it. That's a promise. If you do the word, it's a promise. You do not have to worry or fear about it at all. Just hold God to his word. Amen? He says, let us hold tightly without wavering, with hope, with confidence that God will fulfill. He can be trusted. If we can trust anybody, it's God. When he releases a word or speaks a word, I mean, that settles it. Amen. So be it. Like, if he says something... He means it, and he is more than able to fulfill it. Our job is just to believe it and hold fast to it, declare it, decree it, walk it out, whatever it is that he tells you to do, cooperate with him. Amen? Hallelujah. Do you believe God tells the truth? Yeah. And so why is it that so often we read the word and there's some things that are just kind of too big for us to receive for ourselves, but it's okay for Abraham. It's okay for Mary. It's okay for, you know, Moses to, to part the Red Sea, but, oh, if he asked me. But the thing is, is that's in there to show us the extremity of how God wants us to respond to his word. I mean, that sounded ridiculous. Hold up your staff and part the Red Sea, and then we're going to walk through this sea on dry land. Ridiculous. And all natural emotions would say, yeah, right, don't do that. You're going to look like a fool in front of five million people. <laughs> but when God releases a word, he means it. And he is more than able to fulfill it. So when we're reading the word of God 
and there's something that seems a little too big to our emotions or our mindset. The word of God already tells us his ways are higher than our ways. His thoughts are bigger than our thoughts. All right? So the way he does things is just blows our mind. But yet, take it, believe it, receive it, stand on it, and don't waver. For he is faithful to whom he's promised. Hallelujah. So whatever it is you're believing God for, big or little, whatever he has spoken to you, if, if you're believing God for something, find two or three scriptures that say that thing. And know he said it. And receive it as a promise. Amen? Hallelujah. We need to have an open heart and an open mind to receive the word of God and apply it to our lives if we want to see the promise fulfilled. Meaning, don't put up just because something seems too um, big to fulfill in our lives or something seems too um, naturally, um, the circumstances seem too contradictory like in the situation I was talking about. Don't put up your guard. Don't, don't put a stop to what God wants to do in your lives. <laughs> the Israelites roamed the desert, even though they had a promise, and they walked through, you know, they saw the plagues happen. They walked through the sea. You know, all this supernatural stuff happened. So they know God's able. But yet circumstances got them to griping and complaining rather than co-working together with God in the promise. And so they kind of got in the way. They put up a block, a hindrance to what God wanted to fulfill in their lifetime. Yet it went to the next generation because of their hindering God. They became pretty much unwilling to receive the promise is what it was. We need to believe God and receive what he's saying and stop wavering, stop doubting. Don't get into griping and complaining about the situation. Just believe no matter what the situation is that his word will be fulfilled. Amen. This is a good one. Too bad all the youth are downstairs, but have them watch it later. <laughs> Ephesians 6, 1 through 3 says, Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with a promise, so that it may be well with you, and you may enjoy life and enjoy it for a long time. <laughs> so there's obedience that needs to happen in order for us to receive a promise. Do you understand that? So like if God, if, if God spoke something to you up here, Renee, I'm going to use you as an example because <laughs> so, I remember that word. So God spoke to her. He has searched for a woman to stand in the gap, and he's found one. And he spoke blessing. Okay? In order to receive that blessing, in order to receive those answers to prayer, she's going to have to continue to be obedient to respond when the Holy Spirit is tugging on her heart to be obedient to pray. We cannot walk in the fullness of the promises of God unless we're willing to say, yes, Lord. Unless we're willing to, to stop wavering because of our emotions, which I'm guilty of, by the way. But I'm teaching you as God's teaching me, amen? And so I can say, follow me as I follow Christ. Because as we learn, we grow. 
Amen. And so God's saying, if we're willing and obedient, we'll eat the good of the land. It, he promised the land. He promised the promised land and, and all the goods and, and all that food. And they had grapes on a big bar that two men had to carry. I mean, this was some great land and some great provision that God had promised them. Some of them were leaning to their own emotions that they couldn't accomplish getting that land because of those who were inhabiting the land. But some believed the report of the Lord and ran with the promise of God as a so be it that settles it. God said it, we can have it, no matter what it looks like. And that's what we need to understand. No matter what it looks like, no matter what it feels like, no matter what things may come our way that says contrary to the knowledge of God, our job is to respond, cast that thought down, cast that imagination down, because all that is is the enemy trying to infiltrate, trying to hinder you, trying to get you to roam your desert for 40 years, to hinder you from entering in to the promise that God intends to keep. We need to just believe it, and that settles it. And we need to partner with God. That's how God's promises will prevail in our lives. Remember, children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Obey them. Listen to them. Do, obey. Obedience equals blessing. Obedience equals promise, right? Honor your father and mother. Respect them. This is the first commandment with the promise, and the promise is this. It's going to be well with you. Life's going to be good. You're going to have peace. You're going to have joy. Parents do know it all. <laughs> Meaning we've been through that. We know which way to go, which way is right, which way is wrong. We have probably turned the wrong corner from time to time, and we want to make sure you don't. So God's saying they know what they're talking about. Listen to them, honor them, and you will live long. You go the other direction, you may not live long. And maybe if you're going to live long, you might have a troubled life. So God's saying if you're obedient, you will have this promise. And that's regarding any promise, truly. If you're obedient to do what the word says to do, you can claim that promise and have assurance that you'll have it in your lifetime. You'll have it in your lifetime. God's promises are connected with obedience to his word. There's always going to be an action on your part, on your end, that you must fulfill in order to receive his promise. You cannot automatically claim the word of God if you're not doing the word of God. People think all the time that God's word failed, but really it's they who failed. God's word remains trustworthy. God never lies. God always fulfills his word. Now, in this case, in the Israelites' case, he had to pass over to another generation because of their unwillingness to partner with God. They wavered in their faith. They wavered in their, their, their confession of their faith. They were in doubt and unbelief. In James 1, he says, if you doubt, let that man not think he'll receive anything from the Lord. That's scary. 
So I, if I'm in doubt that God's word is true, I can't really even claim the word of God for myself or my family. So we're, we're better off saying, yeah, God does not, we all said it, God does not tell a lie. God can be trusted. That means everything you read, both the, the side where we're supposed to do something in obedience and the promise, we should trust him that if we do that thing, we'll receive that, that promise. Excuse me. But the opposite is true if we don't. Because he said, if you're willing and obedient, you'll eat the good of the land. But if you're not, these curses can come upon you. In Deuteronomy 8, I believe. I'm not going to go there, but you can read it for yourself. We need to have total and complete confidence that God only tells the truth. And so that means that when he tells us to do something as a good father, he's just simply telling you because you're going to be better off. Like a good earthly parent would tell their child, look both ways before you cross the street, so then you'll have a long life. <laughs> right? Well, God gives us things that we should do and things that we shouldn't do so we can have a blessed life. And you think that's silly. You think that's common sense. You tell a child, look both ways, but they don't know unless you tell them. So God has told us in his entire word. That's why we're supposed to read the word of God daily. So he can speak to us and tell us what to do, what not to do, and we can respond to it in obedience and then therefore live in the promises of God. I'm preaching to myself. I'm excited because as we see the word and if we see something that we haven't been doing, we can get back in line with the word of God and we can then claim those promises. Hallelujah. And we can repent and say, Lord, have mercy on me. I repent. I didn't see that before. I was walking in disobedience and I'm sorry. Because he is merciful. Amen. So God will, and he is able to fulfill his promises in your life. But we must be faithful to do what he's asked of us by his word or by his spirit. Isaiah 55, 11, I just love this passage. So my word will be, which goes forth out of my mouth. It will not return unto me void. It will not return unto me useless or without result. It will not return to me without accomplishing what I desire, what God desires. It will not return to me without succeeding in the manner to which I sent it. If God has spoken a word to you or given you a rainbow word right out of the scriptures, you can believe that beyond a shadow of a doubt that God's going to fulfill that word. But just remember, if he's asking you to set your hand to something, be sure to do that thing. If he's asking you not to do something, be sure not to do that thing. Amen? And then you can claim this promise right here, that the things that God has spoken, they are not going to return unto him void. In other words, he's not going to be like, oh, I missed it that one. Just, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, he never misses it. Aren't you thankful? So that means that every single word by the spirit, by the word, as long as it's according to the word of God, it shall be fulfilled and he is more than able to fulfill it in your lives. 
Hallelujah. So don't give up or throw in the towel if it seems like it's been a long time coming. How many of you have ever received a word and it wasn't fulfilled that next moment? <laughs> How many of you ever received a word and almost seems like instantly the contrary looked like it was happening? That's the enemy trying to come and steal that word, trying to get you to waver in your faith. Hallelujah. But don't believe that. Cast that thought down. Cast that imagination down, that feeling down, because it's contrary to what God said. If it's contrary to, to giving you vision to head towards what God said, then your job is to do something about it and cast it down. Don't receive that as truth. Don't throw in the towel before you receive the promise. Add faith to it. Believe it. And actions is faith, by the way. Whether that's speaking the word, standing firm upon the word, casting down the thoughts that are contrary to the word, that's adding faith to it. Numbers 23, 19 says, God's not human that he should lie, and we all agreed with that. He's not a human being that he should change his mind, because you know we do that. I'm going to make this plan with this person all of a sudden I kind of don't feel like it and I'm going to, I can change my mind and I can say, hey, can we reschedule? Things just don't seem, you know. God doesn't do that. He said a word to you and one day when it's time for that word to be fulfilled, he doesn't give you a call up and cancel his plan. You can be sure that he can be trusted to fulfill whatever he has spoken. Amen. He's not a human being that he would change his mind. Does he speak and then not act? Does he promise and not fulfill? No, he does not. He always fulfills his word. But we read in the word of God how a lot of times he speaks a word, maybe even generations before that word is fulfilled, but he always fulfills it. If you will read on, <laughs> you'll see it fulfilled. And so it is in our lives because God doesn't change. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. So if we see that he spoke a word um, to Mary or to Elizabeth or to um, Samson's parents or to um, Abraham about being the father of many nations or to Moses about being a deliverer, even though circumstances, feelings, emotions, and, and things arose to make it look like the word that they received from an angel or from a prophet or from the word of God, that looked like it wasn't going to be fulfilled in their lives, they had a job to do. In order to be obedient and stay in faith, they needed to cast down that thought, and they needed to keep their eyes on the goal and keep believing. Because God does not change his mind, and he always fulfills his promise. I'm excited. <laughs> I'm excited about that. Sometimes things don't happen as fast as we'd like them to. Lisa spoke yesterday about we live in a microwave society, and I always say a fast food society. We want things like that. But do you ever notice how, and she said something about we live in a, but God's on a crock pot timer. <laughs> do you ever notice how a good meal takes time 
and effort. The seasoning. Sometimes people, um, we don't typically do this, but what is that called when they put it in the fridge overnight and let it? Sometimes they even have to marinate ahead of time. And then you got to cook it for eight hours. But then, man, is it good. I'm known for underdoing a roast. There's nothing like a roast I'm making you hungry. Or I see drool coming down your nose. But there's nothing like a roast that you cut into that's kind of tough. You want it to, like, fall, right? Who has a roast in the oven? No? Okay, good. You're all good. <laughs> you do? Coming over for dinner. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> all right. Eight hours. Okay. Um, oh, yeah. Nowadays we have those. But it takes time. See, now they've upgraded so that things are faster. Instapot. I want it now. And that's how we are with the promises of God. We want it now. But God's like, hold on, hold on. Keep believing me. Keep trusting me. Just because it takes some time, just because I have to remove some obstacles, just because I have to do some things in your heart first to fulfill these promises doesn't mean it's not going to come to pass. It's going to come to pass. But you need to keep trusting me no matter what it feels like, no matter what it looks like. My word will not return unto me void. It will be accomplished wherever I sent it. And where did he send it? Into our hearts. He sent it as a seed into our hearts. Amen. So don't throw in the towel just because it seems like it's taking a little long. Because if you read any promise in the word of God, it sure seems like it took a little bit. Or, you know, Mary, it seems like it happened kind of quick. But, I mean, she's faced with, I've never even known a man. This is absolutely impossible. And yet she still believed. I mean, it's either going to be, you know, either way it's going to be a test of your faith and your trust in God whether it's the length of it or whether it's the impossibility of it. We just need, God needs trust. My dad always said, faith is what moves God. That's what touches his heart. You believe in his word no matter what it looks like. If he spoke it, that settles it. So be it. Isaiah 43, 26, the Lord says, put me in remembrance. Remind me of the things that I have spoken to you about. Not that he forgot. He's reminding you to keep your mind on it, to meditate on it, to speak it, to declare it. And he says, let us argue together. <laughs> Bring me your case. What is he doing? He's telling you, study up on it. Get your case together. Show me that this is a promise that I will fulfill. He released the word to you. You're believing and taking him at his word, but yet he still wants you to remind him of it and keep your mind focused on it and keep you meditating on it and speaking on it. And he says, so that you may be proved right. Well, really, it's so that he may be proved right. But you'll be proved right in the fact that you believed him. You will be proved right. Because he is faithful. Hallelujah. So, um, I don't know why I don't have this in here. But a while back, we were in North Carolina. And uh, I was going through a hard time. We were going through a hard time. Different levels of hard time. <laughs> but we were away from family. My dad was going through some heart things really yearned to, to be back with the family. 
And uh, I've told you this several times. I was crying out to the Lord to, because there were so many things going on. And uh, he said, call on me in your day of trouble, and I will give you rest. Well, guess what? First of all, that's a promise. And I needed rest. So what is my job? In order to grab hold of that promise, what's my job? I'm going to have to humble myself and call upon the Lord. And then he will give me rest. So I did that very thing. I was like, Lord, I'm going to take your word literally today. And I just cry out to you. I call on you. And I said his name three times. Jesus! Jesus! And I was crying. Jesus! And lo and behold, Jesus showed up in my kitchen right in front of me. And he spoke to me. And he told me, give him my cares. I mean, he spoke the word, cast your cares upon me because I care about you. He said, give me these cares and let me take care of the rest. In other words, I've been carrying these burdens on my own. Give it to me, and let me take it from here. So this was the day before the Lord spoke to me again. And this, this, that time was by the Spirit. This time was through the Word. And it was this passage that he told me. I was sitting there studying, and I felt the presence of God. And I'd put Jude down for a nap, and that would be my time to, Clayton was at work, and that would be my time to spend with the Lord. And I put Jude down for a nap. He was maybe... What was he, two years, two years old or two and a half, something like that, because it was right before God spoke to us about moving back. So, um, and he was three when we moved back. So, anyways, I heard the Lord say, turn to Jeremiah 29, 11 through 14. I was like, oh, yeah, Lord, I know that passage. You know, we're kind of, in a way, a smart alecky to the Lord. <laughs> oh, I know what that says. Yeah, yeah, you have good plans for me, Okay. Plans surprise me. Well, like, that's good news. And he's speaking this directly to my heart. But he's like, no. He said, turn there. And I read Jeremiah 29, 11, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. They're plans for good and not for disaster, to give you a future and a hope. And I stopped there. Well, that's good news. And he's speaking that, telling me to go to that passage. So he's given me a promise here. He's speaking to me something that I can hold fast to. Right? Because when he tells you to turn somewhere, you're reading the word and it sticks out to you, that's a promise he's giving to you. But the Lord says to me, no, read on. And, and I, I mean, I'll be honest, I didn't know what was beyond that at the time. Because I always focused on the first part. But what is beyond that applied so specifically to our lives, my mind was Blown. In those days, talking about me at that very moment, in those days, <laughs> when you pray, I will listen. If you look for me wholeheartedly, I will be found by you. What did I find in the kitchen? I called on him with my whole heart, and Jesus showed up. He says, I will be found by you, says the Lord, and this is the part where he's dealing with all the reasons I was casting my care in the Lord. He says, I will end your captivity. I will restore your fortunes. If you don't know our history and you don't know what we've been through, this was something specific that we were believing God for. And he says, I will gather you out of the land 
to which I've sent you, and I will bring you home again. What? Who knew there was a passage that was so specific to, to healing us, restoring us, me calling on him and him showing up in the kitchen and returning us home again because that was the cry of my heart to be able to be here with my family. And I said, really? Like, I, I got it. I knew he was telling us we're going to move home again. Like, right then, I knew it. So I called Amber, and, and I just told her, and, and we just prayed in agreement. I kid you not, 10 minutes after, and mind you, my in-laws had moved. They do have another son in North Carolina, but they had moved to help us with the ministry there. And they had built a house. Actually, they weren't yet finished with the house. They're almost done, <laughs> and they're excited, you know. But they went because both of their sons are in one town and yada, yada. And so I'm like, Lord, you're, we prayed in agreement. Lord, you're going to have to deal and tell Clayton because I'm not going to just tell him, hey, we're moving. You know, he's the man of the house. Like, and <laughs> sometimes I need to remind him. <laughs> just kidding. Um, <laughs> oh, thank you, Jesus, for that. Anyways, um, Lord, you're going to have to tell Larry and Renee because I feel really bad. We prayed, and not 10 minutes late, later, Larry calls me, which never happens, by the way. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Larry calls me, and he says, you know what? I think that you guys would be better off in Milwaukee. The burden just lifted off my shoulders. I didn't even have to do a thing. I just said, okay, Lord, now Clayton. Now listen to this. This is how God works. And I'm just telling you this because when he gives a promise that seems absolutely impossible, God has a way if you'll take him at his word. I knew what God said, so I went to in, in prayer of agreement of these couple things that were factors in the situation. And then uh, at dinner, Clayton comes home from work. He didn't discuss anything with me, and we're in front of our kids who does who they do miss their their cousins and and things here. Um, not Jude because he didn't really you know he was young, but Ethan and Ashton they were like eleven and nine. And uh, he sits down at the dinner table and he says, "I think there's like a fifty percent chance we're going to move back to Milwaukee." I hadn't discussed anything that I had God revealed to me at all with him. And I said, why would you tell our kids and get their hopes up if there's only a 50% chance that we're moving to Milwaukee? And because some things were going on with the job that he had, he was a probation officer or something, right? Corrections officer in the prison system there. Anyways, um, so he says this at the dinner table, and I said that to him. And then I said, hold on. I was like, let me tell you what happened the last two days. And I shared the whole story about what I just shared with you. And then he goes, I think there's like a 90% chance that we're moving back to Milwaukee. <laughs> Leaving that 10% chance of, you know. Within two months, we were back in Milwaukee. God gave us favor with the, you know, letting off of the lease and everything like that. It was a supernatural. Um, but, you know, when God... When you take him at his word, he'll fulfill his promise to you. I mean, 
in, in that story, and I didn't even have it really written in here, in that story, there's me acting on the word of cry out to God in your day of trouble and he'll give you rest. I acted on his word. He gave me rest. In that word, he said, those who call on me wholeheartedly, I will reveal myself to them. That happened. Then he, he spiritually, by the spirit, tells me to read this whole passage, which becomes a promise to me of what he's going to do in our future. And then I didn't have to do a thing. He just orchestrated the whole thing so I could be here today with my husband and my family to minister to you all. Isn't that so cool? God is, sees the big picture. Yes, it was a cry of my heart at that moment, but he sees what he wants in the future too, amen? So when he gives you a promise, hold fast to it. Don't let the circumstance, but, but what about this? But what about their house? But what about, I want to say how, how long after, a year after, so Larry and Renee followed us back. <laughs> and they sold their house, and I'm so happy to have them here. Let's give them a hand. <laughs> Hallelujah. Oh, I think about the Israelites. 400 years after a promise was released to them, they stepped over into the promised land. I mean, we're not even just talking about the 40 years in the desert here. They received a promise that they held on to for 400 years, give or take. And we don't want to wait a month two months, two years, three years. They were faithful to believe and hold fast to that promise that God was going to give them a deliverer. They were going to receive this promised land and they were going to be free from captivity. And they didn't let God go. They continued to teach about it. They continued to teach generation after generation about it. They continued by teaching it to remind God of what he had spoken to them and tell God, Lord, you are faithful to fulfill your promise. Your word does not return void. And this is what we need to do. When God has spoken his word or we're claiming the promises of God from the word of God, we need to remind God, God, this is what your word says and I take this, I receive it as my promise and I will see the victory or I will see the fulfillment of these words in my life because you said it. Speaking of that, Let's read Joshua 1, 1 through 9. Now, we know Moses, we just watched the, the movie Exodus. It's not, you know, 100% um, biblical. There's some new, like, movie kind of takes on it. Like, God is a child in it. <laughs> it's a little weird. But for the most part, it was really kind of eye-opening. Um, and it was cool because I already knew what I was speaking on. So it was kind of just like, a little bit of review. But anyways, Joshua 1, 1 through 9. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses, aside, I don't know. I don't know what it says there. Moses, my servant, is dead. Now then, you and all these people get ready to cross the Jordan River into the land I am about to give them to the Israelites. So he's giving them, again, the same promise. They're going to cross over, and they're going to receive this land, all right? He's giving them a promise. I'm going to give them. I will give every place where you set your foot as promised to Moses. 
Your territory will extend from the desert to, of Lebanon um, and from the great river of the Euphrates, all of the Hittite country, the Mediterranean Sea in the west. No one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life. Now, let's just stop there because he sent spies into the land and their report was, there's no way we can do this. They are giants in this land. But yet... Joshua had just received a word. They could cross over and nobody could stop them. So who is he going to believe? God who fulfilled the word and parted the Red Sea and delivered them out of Egypt, which was supernatural? Or the word of a couple people who saw with their natural eyes and weren't looking with their spiritual eyes? He believed the report of the Lord because they did, you know. The walls came tumbling down. They, they had some effort that they had to apply. It was in a crock pot. <laughs> they had to walk around the battle of Jericho, you know, the, the, the um, walls of Jericho. They had to do some things in obedience to receive the promise. It didn't just, like, fall into their lap. That's how so many believers miss the promise because they're unwilling to join forces with God. We need to believe and act in faith. No one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, now I will be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Be strong and courageous because you will lead, you will lead these people to inherit the land. He's giving him a promise. One that if any circumstances or thoughts arise that are contrary, he needs to resist. He needs to just take God at his word. I swore to their ancestors to give this to them. So be strong and courageous. Be careful to obey. This is important. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. And don't turn from the right or to the left. You may be so that you may be successful wherever you go. Remember, obedience is the key to walking in the promise. So he, again, gave his instruction to be careful to be obedient to God's word so that you can walk into this promised land. Keep the book of this law always upon your lips. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. In other words, then you will walk in the promise that I promised you. How can we be blessed? How can we be prosperous? How can we see all the promises of God fulfilled in our lives? We have to take him at his word, receive it into our heart, believe it no matter what circumstances come. Don't waver. Just believe and be obedient to do whatever he tells us to do. He says, have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. I want to say here that Maybe Joshua was a little bit human right there, and he questioned. But Lord, <laughs> this seems a little impossible. You know, I don't have the training I need like Moses did. You know, he was in Pharaoh's courts, and he was a general, and he was this and that. Maybe he came to the Lord about that, but the Lord says in response to him, have I not commanded you to be strong and courageous? That's all you need is to be obedient. Don't be afraid. Don't be discouraged. The Lord your God 
the one who made the heavens and the earth, the one who parted the Red Sea. You saw it with your own eyes and you crossed it. I am with you wherever you go. I love when God allows humanity to show itself because sometimes we, we stumble in our emotions, you know, but Lord, but God's like, nope, 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 nope. Go back to my word. Go back to my promise. What did I say? Because that's what it is. This is the truth. Amen? Let me see something. Hallelujah. What do you want? What do you want? Hallelujah. Yep. Session two. I've never done that. Never done that. Let me just say this, and we'll continue next week. I'm so proud of myself. I got a whole nother message, and I'm going to brew on it. Okay. Um, this is God's command. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart and do not, here's our obedience, do not lean to your own understanding. Don't think about it. Don't look at it. Don't feel it. But trust God's word. Do not lean to your own understanding in all your ways. Whatever he's told you to do, in all your ways, acknowledge him and what he has said. And he will make straight your path. What is he going to do? He's going to direct you to walk in the promise of God. But what do we do to get to that promise? How are we going to go on the right path? We're going to have to trust God's word. And not lean to whatever it looks like along the way. Whatever it feels like along the way. Amen? Isn't that good? Thank you, Jesus. Father, I thank you, Lord, that your word is true and it does not return unto us void. It will be accomplished wherever you sent it. It will prosper wherever you sent it, Father. And I thank you, you sent your word into our hearts, into our lives, by your written word, by your spirit, Lord. And it will be accomplished, those things that you have promised. Now, Father, I ask you to bring back to our remembrance any single thing, Lord, that you have asked us to do in obedience so that your promise may be fulfilled in our lives. In Jesus' name. Everybody said? Amen. Hallelujah. Well, I've asked Ted to come share today. Um, if you don't know,